When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Families have a lot going on. Let Ollie help manage the mental load with new cognitive help supplements for everyone four and up, like delicious Lolly Focus Pops or Lolly Mellow Pops for kids. And for parents, try three new Brainy Chews to help you focus, chill out, or get energized. Find these cognitive health buddies for the whole fam at ollie.com. That's O-L-L-Y.com. These statements have not been evaluated by the Food and Drug Administration. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Welcome to the Growing Your Financial Business, the Woman's Way podcast. I'm Robin Crane, and I was a financial advisor for over a decade. But before that, I was a singer-songwriter. And now, even as a mom of three with a teenager, toddler, and a baby, I run a seven-figure business helping women in financial services grow their businesses and make a bigger impact. In this podcast, I'll bring you financial advisors, industry influencers, and highly successful entrepreneurs to give you innovative strategies designed for women. So get ready to learn how to get in front of the right people, get more ideal clients, and be able to grow your ideal business so you can live your ideal life. I am here with Jen Hemphill, a military spouse and proud bilingual Latina who helps a busy career-oriented woman become the reina or the queen of her money and love her dinero more. And if you don't know dinero, you probably do. It's money. She's a Latina money expert. She's an accredited financial counselor. She's an author. She's a speaker. She hosts the podcast, Her Dinero Matters, and I'm saying it like a true, uh, true American, what do we call it? Gringo, right? Gringa, gringa, even though I do speak un poquito espanol. Okay, that's embarrassing, but horrible. Um, and <laughs> she's been featured on publications such as Forbes, US News, World Report, Oprah Magazine, Good Company Magazine, and Grow with Acorns and CNBC, not to mention Yahoo Finance. Okay, I think I got it all in there. Um, so tell us a little about, I know you have a mission and helping Latinas. Tell us a little about that before we jump into how to create a winning collaboration with Centers of Influence. Absolutely. Well, first of all, Raman, thank you so much for having me. I'm really thrilled to be here. And really how I started uh, this work is essentially I was, my podcast was called Her Money Matters. So I started out, I always go with, I want to go where I'm needed or where I feel there is a gap, where I feel like there is no one helping or there's not enough. <laughs> there's always, I don't want to go where there's already a lot of work being done on that subject matter. And in that time, six years ago, there wasn't a lot of people that were talking about women and money. And I felt there was, it was really important because the managing the money is the same for everyone, as we know, you and I know, but really what differs is our perspective, our money. Money, we with women, we think differently. So I decided to start in that direction. And years later, I'm a Latina. I don't know why I didn't think about it earlier. I realized there wasn't any talk and or any focus on helping the Latina sector. And so I decided to narrow down my focus because Besides, there is no one talking about it. There is also a huge need. The, the Latinos are really growing in the U.S. Uh, the Latinas amongst all the women subgroups have the largest gender wage gap 
amongst all, all those women. And so I wanted to really, I'm not going to solve, <laughs> you know, I don't have a magical wand to really narrow the gender wage gap, but really what I want to do is help Latinas build more, their confidence, help them really simplify how they manage their finances. So it's not so overwhelming. And with that, when they're able to manage their finances more simply. When they have more confidence, they're going to charge more, ask for more when they negotiate at the table. And really, that's what I'm doing with bringing uh, the their money stories, their past, their really how, how they were brought up, because that's a huge impact on, on our relationship with money. That's in a nutshell. Awesome, awesome. Yeah, I love that. And that's very aligned with our podcast because it's growing your financial business the woman's way. So most of the listeners, they want to grow their business. And what do they need? Whether it's a wage or whether it's, you know, the gap between the, the income or the revenue that you do in your business, having confidence is everything to change your right. mindset so you can bring in the money. And and not just because, it, you know, that's also a thing like, oh, I don't know if I should make money or if I need to make money in order, I want to make, you know, there's also all those issues we all have, whether we are, you know, Latina or not, um, but having that that problem of charging more um, those money stories. So I think that's all very relevant. And so I think that comes up no matter what we're thinking of in, in regards to strategies, but the motivation there to increase, like we talk about increasing the footprint of women in the industry, very similarly to, to close that that wage gap and to, to give women more empowerment and, and just more skills and more confidence around being able to have the money they want is definitely in alignment with what we do as well. So I love that. And I, I wanted to talk, and we'll leave that stuff in, I'm sure, because that's it's all mindset anyway, right? right. Um, but I wanted to talk about the, the collaboration because you have a few things going for you as far as I mean, a million things going for you, but you mentioned that you're also an accredited financial counselor. So before we dive into that, tell them what that is. Cause some people might not even be familiar with what that term is and what you do exactly to help these women to have that financial success. Right. So basically it's funny, Robin, because as an accredited financial counselor, you're right. It's a term uh, that is not known. It has not been around as long as the CFP. So when I introduce myself or when they read my bio and they see accredited financial counselor, I can't tell you how many times it's assumed that I'm I'm a financial planner. That's And so basically the difference is I don't provide any investment advice. I don't have the fancy tools that you all have to see how much wealth you can uh, really build. But really what I do is I... I take it back. I start at the basics and really I help people as a financial counselor. What we do is we help people do better, uh, budget better, get out of, get out of debt. Uh, really, if they are needing to improve their credit, do that, get all those pieces in a row and really to be able to go to a financial planner and say, Hey, I've paid off my debt. I have an excess of amount, amount in this amount of money every single month that I can invest more now. So help me, let me know how you can help. And that's what I do. I, it's the step before you go to a financial planner is what I say for a lot of, for a lot of people. 
Right, right. And, and what's interesting about that, I think that is typical because if people are in debt and struggling, that that would happen that, oh, I need someone to help me have the money to actually save. And I don't think I'm worthy necessarily to go to an advisor yet because I don't have enough. But I actually um, I have an interesting uh, background with this because I was not accredited as a financial counselor. It sounds very cool, like much, much better than what I was. But I called myself a money coach mm-hmm. and I was because I didn't have any accreditation. I just thought it was helpful. So, but I was a financial advisor and I was a financial planner and and became a CFP. But even before I became a CFP, I realized that there were issues and challenges with the mindset, of course. And and we all know that that mindset is, you know, 80%, if not more of the reason why you have the wealth you have. But I was working in the Silicon Valley with, with some, some couples, oftentimes I was working with couples and, and they would, let's say work at Facebook or work at Google. And I mean, they'd have these stock options and they'd, they'd make Good money, but they'd also spend good money. You know, they're very good at going through their money very fast because it's not cheap to live in San Francisco area. And so they were they were struggling with money and having these challenges with money, even though they had money. And so I also think, and sometimes they had you know millions of dollars in stocks or you know, or in their four hundred and one k, or even they were good savers, but the the they still had mindset issues and budgeting issues and challenges. That's why I did money coaching. Cause I couldn't solve the problem with just doing insurance or just doing financial planning even, or, or just doing retirement savings. So I actually think that mindset piece is huge and it can relate to people who don't have money, but also people who do have money for sure. Um, so that's awesome. I, and I think that's a really huge added value that you bring where you can collaborate with financial advisors and insurance professionals regardless of whether they're financially successful or not, but to get them at that place where they could save more. And um, I want to get into like, how does someone um, like a financial advisor, insurance professional really develop that relationship where it can be such a win-win, such a like great collaborative experience where it doesn't feel like one's taking or one's, you know, just doing all the giving because we women just are giving, 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 giving. But at the same time, I know a lot of advisors, especially when they're starting, they, they, they've heard it right to build these relationships with centers of influence, but it's hard. Like when you don't have all the credibility in the world, you just started, or even if you've been in the business for 30 years. So what would be like the first step? Um, and I know you're one center of influence. We got attorneys and we got CPAs and we got estate planning, all this stuff. But what is what are some some things you can start with one that would really help them to build those relationships and build build collaborative relationships, but also building them quickly so it is it is really going to benefit both parties. I think really the first step that you need to take is just look at what you what your skills are and what you do best. And it's kind of like when you're outsourcing or you're needing to outsource in your business, you you can do it all, right? Quoting air, air quotes, but do you really need to do it all? So what are the things that really uh, just light you up and that you know you're good at? And what are those things that just kind of bring you down that you know are important? And so look at those things that you know someone else can do and that and ad- identify those first, right? And then from there, I think it's just a matter of meeting people and making and having those conversations. I always have, I just don't send people to a random financial planner or insurance agent just because I just met them. No, absolutely not. I take care of my clients and I'm very, very uh, careful of 
who I connect them with. Um, but really what I, what I do is have the conversations with the other person, whether insurance agent, uh, financial planner, and make sure that we are aligned in our values and our philosophies and have an idea of how they work versus how I work and see how we can work together. So it's just really having that conversation first because it is easy, especially we're, we're busy. We're busy in, yes, we may want to make a list of refer. I've seen that I was in real estate <laughs> at one point in my life. I, and I remember having a list of, of the plumbers and all of that. I mean, I've had one conversation with them or it was a referral from someone else and I've never met them. Right. So Probably you don't list, want yeah. to, right. You just, you want to shy away from just putting random names on the list because it was referred to you by so-and-so you want to have that conversation first and feel good, especially because we know that we, we want to take care of our clients. And so if we take the time to build those relationships, to make sure that we're aligned, that we have similar philosophies, that we understand how the other person works. When you refer that person, uh, you refer your client to that person, it's easier because you're kind of selling them already. You're kind of doing in a way, right? Because you're, you feel good about that person. So it's going to be, it's going to be easier on that other person once that person approaches them because you've already done half of the selling in a sense. Right, right, right. What about the opposite way, right? Because if I'm, you know, I'm thinking I want to grow my business, whether I'm just, you know, I just started, whether I've been in business three to five years or whether I've been in business 30 years, like I want to, I want to grow it and I want to be efficient. And gosh, I would love to just have referrals come in my way. And not, that's not how we think because we're, we're, we're givers. But at the same time, if you want that growth, it would be talk about waving a magic wand. I want to be able to have people referring people to me. So how do you become the person and, and even attract those other people to, how do you become the person that people want to refer? And then even technically like attract them to have those conversations without feeling like you're begging people to talk to you because, oh, I can refer you business. You know, when, when you might may or may not be able to refer the business right away. Having, uh, building those authentic relationships and being helpful. Essentially, that's it. It's as easy as that, being authentic and building those relationships. It's not going to be from one day to another. It takes time and you have to be just cognizant of that and be uh, patient with that because uh, relationships take time, right? And sometimes you and I know that there has, has been a potential client that you've been wanting to work with. And they weren't ready for whatever reason or another. And a year or two later, after, even after you kept in touch, then they came for it to you to work with. So it's it takes time and you just have to uh, nurture those relationships and be patient. That's really, really difficult for me to do. Like I am one of the least patient people on the planet. So um, it's hard for me to take that advice. I'm like, uh, no, I don't want to be patient. I actually want this to happen yesterday. So what can I, so, okay, let's assume I'm not the only impatient person in the world, but, um, but can you, if we were to like to process this out, right. And say, okay, like we can go old school and say network. Okay. Networking. Mm -hmm. And then we take five years, but I, I'm going to, I'm going to ask you this because I think it's, I think it's a new world and I, and I think it's, it's unrealistic to say, I'm going to go and spend five hours looking for centers of influence every single week, or I say five hours, but usually when you add all the follow-up for one networking event, it's like 10. So 
you can go networking and actually face to face and then you build relationships and then you get on the board. And I think a lot of women do that, but then it's like five years later, you get that referral and it's like, oh, dude, I can't wait five years. Like I gotta, I gotta eat. I gotta, I gotta grow my business. I gotta pay for my kid's college. Like I gotta make this happen now. And it's not the only way to grow your business anyway, right. but are there any shortcuts that are not in not hurting people or not being rude to people, but how can you, or maybe you have an example of this, like how can you build relationships faster? And like, are there any of those shortcuts where I could, without having a ton of credibility, like when I first started, I was 29 years old. You know, I, I was a singer songwriter, like the week before, you know, six weeks before, but the week before it is like, Hey, centers of influence. Like, don't you want to refer all your people to me? Like whether you're an accredited financial counselor or whether you're a CPA or whether you're an estate planning attorney, like I want the high end clients and I'm not trying to just get like, I'm not, I'm willing to give, I'm not just trying to take, but I also don't have the credibility. I don't have the time under my belt, nor do I have the five years, 10 years to build those relationships. So what are some of the shortcuts? Are there any, I mean, you can tell me no, but I might I still think- be disappointed. <laughs> I think what you can do is just simply ask, like get on LinkedIn, or even if you're in an in-person event, who do you know that needs such and such, right? Uh, and tell them a little bit about what you do. I can, I can help. Who do you know? I am taking X, I have my calendars open for X amount of clients, you know? So I think just doing that direct, direct ask, is, there's nothing wrong with that. Pick people as humans, we naturally want to help. And yeah. uh, so people will think of someone if they know someone, right? So I think it's just being, we don't need to be afraid to ask for, for help, right? I have known business owners that have, let's say, have had a launch in their business and they were so close to their goal that they just emailed their list or, uh, ask uh, some of their uh, people that, that they know that in their network and saying, Hey, I'm really trying to meet my goal. Will you help? Mm-hmm. So it's just asking, I think. Yeah. Which, which going back to what we started talking about just with women and confidence and a- asking for business or asking to meet with people or that you don't necessarily know when you don't necessarily have all the credibility in the world or reaching out and getting the rejection. Um, mm-hmm. That's a mindset thing. We're going back to the mindset thing. So right. what if, if you do that and you just ask, 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 and it doesn't have to be asked for the business per se, but asking to meet with people, asking to have conversations, um, you know, reaching out, putting yourself out there. I think the biggest risk is, is that rejection. Is that rejection, mm-hmm. right? What if I ask 10 people and then all 10 of them say no? Like every person I ask, I'm a woman. Like I, I'm affected by what, people think and what they say about me and, and nobody likes rejection, but women especially really don't like rejection. And it's easy to be just like, you know, knocked down from that. So what kind of advice mindset wise, like, can you give around that? And what would be a good rule of thumb to, um, just to have like doing consistently without being really attached to that result? Cause I think that will help. Right. I don't think this is a mindset a piece of advice, but more of you need to know your data. Uh, so if it, this is essentially sales, right? So if you know that uh, you ha- talked to 10 people and out of those 10, nine said no, then you know that you have and you want to 
have, I don't know, X amount of clients, you need to calculate how many people you need to talk to. And that's going to really reverse how you think about those rejections because you know the data, you need, you know, the data of how many people you need to talk to, to reach that, those, the number of clients that you want to reach. So I think that is a, that is a big aspect in the mindset will work out on its own because you already know, like if you, what do you do if you just feel rejected, you know, like just constantly feel rejected. Um, cause you could tell me that all day long, like nine out of 10 people are going to say, no, you're going to send a hundred messages on LinkedIn. And, and some people, if they don't have a compelling hook, and we talk a lot about a hook in my tag challenge and, and we, we have a little shortcut to how we can have credibility and some credibility using the hook and stuff. But if you don't have good messaging, you don't have a compelling hook. And then you just send these messages, like the industry's teaching you like, Hey, I'm trying to grow my business and want to give you referrals. And maybe we can work together. Like it's just your, your, your credibility is crap, right? You're like positioned, like the, I like to say the gum at the bottom of your shoe. So getting them to pay attention, like it might be more than 10, it might be 20. Like you might not even get to the 30 before you're like, I'm completely deflated and nobody wants to work with me and nobody cares about me. And I suck at this. And and I, I say that kind of jokingly, but I went through it, you know, I went through mm-hmm. it where I felt like there, I, I, I wanted to quit that. I didn't think I could make it. I couldn't handle, it wasn't just rejection from centers of influence, but it was rejection from clients and, and not being good at, at sales yet. And all those things like, do you like any advice you have just around, I'm putting you on the spot a lot, but just how <laughs> do you okay. deal? Like as a woman, how do you deal with that rejection? I can kind of give you my, my piece, but um, just curious from your perspective, because I'm sure you've had a lot of rejection in your life, like oh, trying to do what you want to do. All the time. All the time. Give me an all example time. of time. Like, tell me, make me cry. Like, tell me what a time <laughs> where someone was so crappy to you, where you felt so rejected and, and, and you almost couldn't pick yourself back up, but you did. And how did you do it? That's what I want to know. Right. I think, especially in the personal finance space where I value my time I and I, I value what I do. And so with working, I have less than the one-on-one clients that I take on just none it's, it's yes, partially rejection, but it's partially because it's also people don't necessarily value investing in someone that can help them with their money. Right. Mm-hmm. Uh, they may value investing in a coach that's going to help them build their business because they see the light at the end of the tunnel because business coaches sell hope, right? I'm selling you a better financial future. That doesn't sound as sexy as I'm going to make a ton of money, (laughs) right? Yeah. Yeah. I I, I think it's pretty sexy to build wealth though. And I think it's all about (laughs) those habits and I I actually do think it's sexy, but, but I see when it's people who are, if they're not necessarily in abundance and they're struggling with money, it seems Mm -hmm. counterintuitive to pay you money to help me get out of debt or to pay you money to help me with budgeting. I'm like, no, 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 you don't understand. Like, I don't have the money. And you're like, yeah, you have to pay me and I'll show you how to have the money. And like, I mean, I did money coaching. And so I had that sometimes and I'd have to be able to show them that building the foundation, let's just say it costs them even $10,000, like to get out of debt. Like they have to go into more like $10,000 more into debt in order to forever be out of debt. But if I can show them that forever you'd be out of debt, if like, if all you did was save $500 a month more because of your new habits and the new foundation that you have, well, 500, that's 20 months, right? Where I'll have $10,000. Hopefully my math is right. I think it is. Um, so, so I, you have to, it's still, it's, I don't, I, I'm not a big believer of like, let me, 
let me sell you hope per se. Like right. I, I want to sell the, but I want to sell the the vision of them having what they want. Oh, and I, I think that's true. Like to, that whether they have money or, or business or whatever, that they can have that. Yeah. But sorry, sorry, I interrupted, but I was like, that, that gets me excited because I think it's so transformational what you do. I think it's so important because just and not to say this negatively about financial advisors, but this is why I had to get creative is just putting money into a 401k. Like you all know, if you're listening right now, you're a financial advisor, that it's not about the money they put in. You can only grow, like if you're the best financial advisor on the planet, you might grow 1%, 2% better than someone else. And yeah, that's different. That's different. That makes uh, more compounding. It all ends up being more money. But the person who ends up winning the highest is not the one that gets the best return. We all know this. We talked to our clients about this. It's the person who wins is the one that has the right mindset, the one who saves the most and puts it to work and does all the right things and, 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 and a lot of the stuff that you talk about. Um, but going back to when you were rejected. So you were saying? Oh, so basically I've been rejected many times for one-on-one clients because of my pricing. And actually my pricing hasn't been that high because it doesn't meet the demand of, you know, the, the, even my pricing has been more than other financial coaches. Right. Uh, so, and it's not, it wasn't really that high. <laughs> and, and so I think I, I decided to reevaluate my business model. Do I really? And that could be an a, a option because there's, you know, you do need different streams of income, all that stuff. And so I have reevaluated my business model. And now I work more with on a consulting side with companies, right? Uh, and working with brands. And yes, do I, and I still want to help my audience, but I do that. Uh, not on a one-on-ones on a scale, but more on a, on a membership level. So I've added other revenue streams, of course, the podcast, blah, blah, blah. But really, I had to reevaluate what really, because I, I went through a time from not just the rejection, but it was just really draining. They weren't putting in the work and, uh, or some of them, right? Some of them had really great results and others, um, like it was just pulling teeth and hair and everything. And yeah. so it was just really draining because I, of course I want them to have results, but I can only do so much. You also got to put in the work. Right. Uh, so I really reevaluated how I, what I wanted to do. And that just didn't light me up anymore. Was it partially rejection? Yeah, but it was all a combined, a combination of just the energy it took. And a lot of them worked nine to five. So I had to wait till the evenings and that just didn't work. Uh, anymore right. with my family. Right. Uh, so it was just evaluating what, uh, what, what I needed, uh, as well as far as what, what's felt good, because you have to feel good, uh, about what you're doing. And that's what I did. I know yeah, it didn't make you cry. Sorry, but that's no, it okay. I'm crying <laughs> on the inside of happiness and joy that you figured it out. And it's, it's amazing. Well, I'm thinking a lot about a few, you know, a lot of things you said, and I think there's a lot of different areas to kind of extrapolate from that. But one of those things are thinking about rejection and, and having the wrong clients and the prices and, and when people pay, they pay attention. Right. So one of the things you're saying is like, I, you know, I was charging, I wasn't even charging that much, but I was getting people who weren't what my take from that was that they're not completely committed to getting the result. And that's extremely draining. 
And it just reminds me, I just recently had, you know, one of my clients and she was talking about how, you know, she did this, we, we do this, um, this strategy about interviewing. And so it doesn't really matter, but, but she, she interviewed someone and she was kind of a little bit bummed that she didn't get that person to the next step. And she's like, what I do wrong. And yeah, not necessarily beating herself up, but like, what can I do better? It's not always negative, but what I do is I listen, we have them recorded, you know, I have them recorded and I listen and I tell them like step-by-step, like what, what are you missing or what could you do better? And this one particular interview was fascinating because she was thinking this woman who was a business owner was really a quality prospect. And I'm listening and I'm like, Lisa, did you hear what she just said? Like, she's broke. Did you hear that? She's struggling. Did you hear that? She's not on track. And this woman was talking about how she's like, if I've made 65 or 75,000, like all I need is just the minimum. Like you could tell when she started saying this, but when she was in this process, Mm. she heard that this woman was a successful business owner and had success, but she didn't hear all the little nuances of this woman who was totally in scarcity and struggling with money. And at the end, she didn't go to the next step. I'm like, oh, that's because she doesn't think she has any money like to invest and she doesn't think she's worth it. And she doesn't, she doesn't see that, that she could even like, she doesn't even understand how she can work with you because she's dumbing it down the whole time. So like, there's all these things that I noticed that she didn't necessarily notice Mm -hmm. because I've had so much experience with this. But I think the, the takeaway here is that there's, we feel rejected by people who we might not even, if we went through the whole process and we really took a step back and said, what do I want? And, and is this in alignment with, with my ideal business and ideal life? And then you're like, no, I don't want that client. Like, I don't want a client who's not committed, who's not willing to pay, or is not going to show up to those appointments. Or I don't want someone who's going to refer, like, I don't want a CPA or a accredited financial counselor or uh, an estate planning attorney referring me who doesn't care about their clients or wouldn't give me the time of day to have a conversation. And, and, you know, like the people who say no to you, I think the way I look at rejection is like, everything is perfect. Everything is happening for you. And when people say no to me at first, I'm a little bit disappointed, whether it's someone I want to partner with or whether it's a client, like I'm a human and I'm a woman. And especially as a woman and a human, I feel that sting when someone says no. It could be, I could know my conversions are one in 10. And then that, those nine people that say no, no matter how much, like I don't want them as clients, it it stings because I'm a woman and I am like, I, my, my husband always says, if it's not, if it's, if it's not a compliment that I think it's criticism, okay. Like it's just because it's not a compliment, Robin, it's not criticism. I'm like, yes, it is. It feels like it because it wasn't a compliment. So I'm very sensitive about those things, which most, most people I think are shocked by, but knowing the numbers is great because you know, it's all a numbers game, but I think really just being able to know that beyond that, it's, it's about creating your ideal business, ideal life. It's about working with the people you want to work with. It's about drawing your line in the sand and saying, what are your standards? And what it, what, are, what would make someone, you know, not them aligned with you, but you aligned with them and aligned with each other. And that goes back to that collaboration. And how can we collaborate? And I think just one of the things that I, you can improve if you're not getting the conversions you want around centers of influence is to think about what's in it for them, but not a bullshit answer. Not just like, I'm going to give you referrals when you don't have anyone to refer to them. But looking, maybe you, you you make your list of like your dream 25 and you're like, these are the centers of influence instead of just like everyone, you know, like plumbers and this and that. But you're like, I want to look on LinkedIn and I want to get a whole list of centers of influence who I would love working with. And I'm going to take, I'm going to start with, I want one attorney, like your own little BNI group, right? <laughs> you're like, I want one attorney and I want it to be a woman. 
And I'm going to look at 25 attorneys. That's a little bit of research, but this is just an idea. I'm going to look at 25 attorneys who are women and just look at their picture, look at their profile and say, do I want to be in alignment with this person? And then I'm going to go look at their, let's say I pick, oh yeah, Jamie and, and Samantha and Susie, they all look pretty cool. I'm going to check those three out. Then I check those three out and I'm going to be like, oh yeah, you know what? I'm really in alignment with two of those ladies, like, or maybe all three. And what I love about each of them is this. And then you come up with a compliment, you know, like a real genuine compliment. And then you send them a message and you're like, you know, hey, hey, Jen, you know, I noticed that you're really passionate about helping Latinas and, and you're working with corporations to help and make an even bigger impact and to, and to close that, that wage gap, you know, between, uh, you know, men and women, especially in the Latino community. Like, I think that's amazing. And I love referring people. I, I really want to align myself with people who are on a mission to serve. And why don't we just have a quick conversation, like be open to a quick 15-minute conversation about um, for me to better understand what's really important to you and to 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 share, you know, what I think is important as well and to maybe see if there's any collaboration here. So I just gave you guys a little script that I made up. But like if you said that to me or if I said that to you, you'd probably be open to a conversation. Absolutely. And that's a good way to start as opposed to, hey, I'm looking for people to refer to because that's bullshit. Like you're looking for referrals. So you do want that, but how can you get more aligned with their mission and, and bring together your mission to get those centers of influence? You can do the same thing for accredited financial counselors. You can do the same thing for, a, um, let's say, CPAs, and you can start to develop that. And that can be just a fraction of what you do as part of your outreach to build those centers of influence without being pushy or salesy or weird and being okay that, hey, if I'm aligned with them and they're not getting back to me, that's on them. I'm okay. And I know that I can find another one because like LinkedIn, for example, it's huge. So uh, I wanted to wrap that all together and, and wrap it all around. I know I talked like your ear off here when this is your podcast, uh, you're, as, you're the guest, but anything to add about that so we can close up shop here and just give them uh, some words of wisdom and, and then we'll talk about where to find you. Yeah. And I think as I was listening to you talk, one of the things that I think when you're having that conversation with the other centers of influence that you may want to potentially work with is have a good idea of like who their ideal client with, who they're really working with. Because sometimes, you know, they're just working with whomever just so they can bring in the money. Right. Uh, And uh, so really and make sure that's aligned, too, because the people maybe that they're bringing in maybe aren't in alignment uh, with you. So I think it's just asking that question and and just building those relationships is just so key. And like you said, just being authentic, being genuine, genuine. I almost couldn't (laughs) say that word and just make sure that you just I always like to be, I always, I'm always real. So I don't say just to say things, just to say things. I say things that I mean, right? Because I think when we just say things to say things, they, you people can tell it it doesn't matter. Even if it's written, it eventually it will show. I have had so many emails on LinkedIn that have come across and I'm like, Oh, that seems genuine that the next uh, message they said, I'm like, Oh, they were wanting to spam me. So it's, it's right. eventually it comes out. So I think it's just focusing on building those relationships is really critical. I love that. I love that. Well, thank you so much. Tell them where to find you. And if you have someone that you want to refer to Jen, we'll have to see if she can do it, but I mean, <laughs> maybe, maybe, maybe if you're lucky, but um, give them, yeah, give them a place to find you. And, and who, who's someone that you would love them to refer to you since we're talking about referrals, because you do a lot of corporate stuff now and that sort of thing. So who would be yeah. an ideal client for you and 
in case someone knows someone and they can throw them your way? Sure. So you can find me at jenhempill.com. And basically an ideal uh, company that I would work with is someone that is needing some financial education. Maybe a good portion of their employees are, are Latino. Maybe they're wanting to, maybe they have financial education uh, for their employees, but they're missing the mark. Uh, in terms of their Latino or Latinx uh, uh, employees. So I think someone who's looking uh, for that, or, or I can bring them in workshops, those type of things. There's a lot of things that I've done for, for different businesses. So Awesome. Awesome. Well, thank you so much. All right. Check her out, jenhemphill.com. And thank you so much for being here. And thank you all for listening. We'll see you next time. Thank you for having me. Are you getting all the quality prospects on your calendar that you'd like? If not, join us in the Appointment Generator Challenge. Go to femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for free. We guarantee you'll get five quality appointments in five days if you follow this system. And you can do it from online. You don't even have to pick up the phone. Whether you're just starting, whether you've been in the industry three to five years, or even 30 years, this challenge will be perfect for you. Check it out, femalefinancialadvisors.com and register for absolutely free. Can't wait to see you there. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.